Uh, I'm excited to be in the house of God. Hey, are you excited to be in the house of God? No, no, no. Uh, we need, I need excitement here tonight. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? The Bible says, I was glad when they said we can go to be in the house of God. I tell you, you don't know your privilege that you have to worship God freely. Uh, are you there? And listen, we're, um, it's okay. We are, a, we, lo- we are lovers of the presence. We love the presence and the power of Jesus. We love the anointing. And so in this church, we will worship Him and we will praise Him and we will honor Him. Uh, because He has come to seek out worshipers. He has come to seek and save the lost. Are you there? I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. You see, I have to understand, uh, you are, we are moving in the Spirit. There's many things happening in this hour. And, and in this evening, I, I just want to flow with that. You have to understand that the reason why you can claim to have life is because He loves the king is alive come on are you there and what i wanted to speak to you again tonight is i wanted to start to just go on and start to teach you on the weapons of jesus and i want you to understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god for the pulling down of strongholds we don't have just normal weapons we have certain weapons that god has given us in this hour and in the word of the lord that we have to use the weapons of a warfare, as I say, is not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. In Ephesians chapter 4, 24, I just want to start there. The Bible says this, and put on the new self, created to be like God. Please note that. In true righteousness and holiness, verse number 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Verse number 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. I want you to understand something, and we're going to go into this a little bit tonight. And uh, let's just flow with the Holy Spirit here. But you have to know that the enemy wants to establish a foothold or a stronghold. Okay, are you, are you guys okay? Are you there? And what we have to understand is that, and I said it this morning, and I'll say it again. What we have to have in this hour, we have to become deadly in the way we worship God. We have to become a deadly force when it comes to honoring Him. Lucifer's position once was to give Him glory and to give Him honor and to give Him praise. In actual fact, the position of Lucifer was to be a messenger, to receive the message from God. He would take the message to the angels and the angels by the reception of the message would worship God in response. Come on, are you there? So Lucifer's job before he became Satan was he was a messenger between the Lord He would come out of the glory to the other angels. He would tell them what he heard from the Lord. And the angels would respond by worshiping God. Are you okay? Preaching is the replacement of that. Because now we as preachers or people that preach, what our job is, the word preach is the Greek word kereso. And it means ones that have put their ears upon the king's chamber to hear that what the king is saying, to bring the message to his people and the response of the people should be to worship the Lord. So God... Oh, I love that about the Lord. You have to understand that one of the, one of the key things why the devil hates you so fero- ferociously is because you have taken up a position that he cannot have, and that is to be a worshiper. 
even this night, you know, we can hear the guys can sing pretty. I can't sing, but what I, what I can do is I can do something that Satan cannot do. And that is to worship God. Are you with me? And that is why in this church, lift up your hands, oh ye people. Let your response be worthy of the King that you worship. It's honorable. Come on, guys. Are you okay? Uh, you will never sit in, not even in a, uh, you don't sit, you stand in the presence of God. Because you're a lover of the presence, right? And so you have to understand the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And then the Bible says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. I want you to understand that whether we believe it or not, the enemy believes that you are his enemy. Come on, are you guys okay? Whether we believe it or not, the devil believes you're his enemy. And he has a program set on to destroy you. But I want you to see, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Though I walk in the flesh, I do not war. I want you to see these two words together. Walk and war. Walking means progression. It means forward going. So the war that is unto us is only for those that are taking territory already for the Lord. Oh, come on, guys. Are you there? Are you sitting now on your mouth here? Let me say that again. Walking and warring are going together. Because when you walk with the Lord, you have to understand you're going to get headwind. Well, let me say this. When you walk with God, you will get resistance. People that has no resistance are doing nothing. Resistance is the byproduct of you going with God. Come on. So if you are here tonight and you have faced any form of resistance, you need to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Because resistance means you are gaining headway, you are making progress, and you are moving forward. So if you have resistance, rejoice. Because if you have no resistance, you are not a threat. But if you have a resistance, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, please note the valley is temporary, it's never, never permanent. If you make the valley a permanent place, that's because you've decided so. And in this season, we are in a Nehemiah season again, where we have to rebuild the walls. And my heart is so full tonight because uh, this morning we went to two services, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock, and God is filling up the house again. <laughs> I was so happy. When I looked at the first service and I saw it, so many people, I was like, yeah, God. Look what the Lord has done. It's true, the Bible says that the gates of hell cannot prevail. And I was looking at it and I saw packed, I just saw, I like, oh Jesus, I love you. Thank you. But you have to understand the valley is temporary. It's never, never permanent unless you decide so. And in the season of Nehemiah that we are in, we are in a season where people have to pray, have to get into your inner room. You have to go to the secret place because you can never take any other person where you've never been. The reason why Christians don't pray is because prayer takes sacrifice. You have to kill your flesh. You have to kill comfort. You have to kill that pillow. You have to kill off Netflix. You have to kill off all the things because your desire for God has to be greater than your desire to be comfortable. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Come on, are you there? 
And that's why I, I say to you that this is a season of prayer. But as we are moving with the Lord, there's two spirits that you have to watch out for in the season. The spirit of Sanballat and the spirit of Tobias. The spirit of Sanballat and the spirit of Tobias. Come and push me with the keys. The spirit of Sanballat and the spirit of Tobias. The spirit of Sanballat was a speaking spirit. It just spoke the threads. It did nothing but speak. That is the same spirit that operated in Goliath, a speaking spirit. It talks and talks and talks and talks. Two years ago, the whole world was under the spirit of Sanballat. Threats, accusations, fear. Fear is, the spirit of fear is so deadly that it takes three spiritual forces from God to break it. Sound mind, power, and love. Breaks of fear. Quickly throw up Philippians 1.28. I want to show you something. Come on. Let's move. Let's move. Uh, Philippians 1.28. Don't you just love the word of the Lord? I want to show you something. Come on, give Jesus just a second of praise here. Uh, look at that scripture. Woo. That scripture is a deadly scripture. It says this, And are not any way terrified by your adversities, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. Let me read that again. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. What does the scripture mean? It means this, that every time there's reason to fear and you don't show fear, the enemy gets afraid. Because... In the spiritual realm, what happens, the devil starts to ask, but they should be afraid. Why are they not afraid? Should we be afraid because they're not afraid? It's literally what it means. It means that in the, in the demon rank, because you have to understand in the satanic kingdom, that, that kingdom is set up with fear. Fear is the commerce. Intimidation is the means of control. Lying is the means of power. Oh, come on, are you there? And so... <laughs> Every time you have a reason to fear and you do not show fear, the demons start to ask one another, why are they not afraid? Should we be afraid? Is the judgment coming? What's busy happening? These people are not afraid. We put cancer there, they cast it off. We put sickness there, they cast it off. We put poverty there, they cast it off. We put divorce there, they cast it off. Who are these people that are filled with power? You see, you have, to, you have to have a revelation that you are a son and a daughter of God. If you have a revelation that you are the son, that's why Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? I'm not interested in what others say. Who do you say? He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He, Jesus responds immediately. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Peter, but my Father which art in heaven. And then Jesus makes a power statement. He says, and I tell you the truth, hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What is he saying? He's saying on this revelation that I am the Christ. There's no devil that can stand against that revelation. Once you have a revelation that he is who he says he is, you will not bargain nor try to fight against. You will stand on your rights and say, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Sickness has no part of me. Death has no part of me. Uh, there's certain things that you cannot negotiate. Come on, are you guys okay? If I wrote you a, if I gave you a New Testament, right? 
Or if I gave you a testament, a testament is something that somebody died, they wrote the testament, and they would then it means that because somebody died, there is a testament which gives action to that, that the, the person that has died gives action to their goods, right? Okay, that was maybe a bit difficultly explained, but a testament is something written for those that a loved one will, when he departs, they will leave that behind. Are you with me? Now listen, let me say it like this. In a testament, if your name is there, right, and your idea is there, and there is 50 uh, million US written there for you, you will not say, you will not say, <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's, it's fine. Give it to John. Give it to Susan. It's okay. No, it's fine. It's really fine. I want to humble. I want to be humble. I won't take it. I'm humble. Right? You will never do that. You will say, you will check, you will say, there's my ID 820, whatever, whatever. You say, that's my name, Jacobus, Hendrik, Verwoerd, Van Merwe. That's me. And you'll say, get out of my way. Right? Because it's your name. Now, if you understand that about, about money, why is there so many Christians that Jesus wrote with His own blood? Sickness, gone. Diseases, gone. Brokenness, gone. Poverty, gone. Why are we still negotiating? Come on, are you with me? Can I tell you why we are negotiating? Because we don't know who we are. And because we don't know who we are, we're still trying to find out who we are and who we're not. And so we're negotiating. And then the devil lies to you. Then you step out every now and again. You try to do stuff for God. It doesn't work like you think it should. And then you think to yourself, there's something wrong with you. No. The more you grow with God, the further He'll stand away to make you grow. You say, where do you get that? Let me understand. Let me explain to you. When a baby is born and a baby starts to walk, the father is present. Why? The baby isn't strong. But the dad cannot stay with the child all the way. Eventually, the dad needs to take a step back and a step back and say, come. So the distance that you sometimes feel is the confidence that you should experience. Oh, come on, empower. I'm preaching way better than your Tiger Woods golf claps here tonight. Come on, worship the King. Be lions. Give God a shout of praise. Be people that want more from God. Be a people that settle for average. Come on, do you think when the King hang, hang, hang for average people? No. He hang for princes and princesses. He hang for kings and queens. He hang for a people that will not... That will be of the type of, of Saul and, and, and Paul and Silas that they can worship God even in prison. You see, they might lock you up, but they can't take your worship. It's true. Paul and Silas are in jail, yet they worship. How do you like that? And the Bible says they worship reaches God. And God looks, oh, prisons are put, let's open it up. Peter had such a confidence in God that the man slept in prison. And the angel needed to kick him. Say, hey, Peter, wake up. He had confidence. Save me confidence. You have to gain confidence in God. It's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Confidence. Your flesh can do nothing for you. 
it is the Spirit that does it. Come on, are you there? Save me obedience. You have to understand that it's your obedience to God that makes things shift. One thing I've learned about the Lord is this, you can do nothing unless He told you to do it. You can try, but you're going to fight against the flesh. And so I, I want you to understand one or two things. Walking and warring are synonyms. Are you there? So when you walk, when you walk in the when you walk in the spirit, when you are gaining ground, what happens is that there will come a war against you. But you have to make up your mind that you're gonna outlast the war. Because there's a steadfastness. Be steadfast, be immovable, the Bible says. I think it's 1 Corinthians 15, 58, somewhere there. It says, be steadfast, be immovable. Do you know that you have, you have uh, the, the Bible says you have the shoes of the gospel of peace upon you. The shoes of the gospel of peace. Under the shoes of peace, there were uh, nails of two and a half inch. Are you guys okay? Just help me there with the keys, please. Under, under the, under a, under the, the, the Roman soldier, which Paul is taking out of in Ephesians 6, under those, under those um, shoes were two and a half inch nails. And what happened was, as a Roman soldier would stand and the war will come against them, they will become immovable. If you stand in the gospel, you'll become immovable. The enemy might press against, but he can't move. If you move, it's your choice. Oh, come on, I know what I'm talking about. We've lived this stuff. Save me immovable. No, no, no. Save me immovable. No, no, no. Save immovable. Yes, you not even the devil will believe that. Save me immovable. You are immovable in God. You are steadfast in God. That's who you are. But be careful in the season, there's the spirits of Sanbalat and the spirit of Tobias. So the spirit of Sanbalat was a talking spirit. This thing just talks and talks and talks and talks. Talks a huge game. Many people have given up their identity in Christ because they've listened to the spirit of Sanbalat. It's true. Then the spirit of Tobias, the spirit of Tobias, the spirit manifests in a way that it makes you tired. It sucks life out of you. Are you with me? In the season, there are many, many, unfortunately, it's true what I'm saying. There are many people that operate in that spirit. They suck life out of you. Be careful because in the season, Nehemiahs, the, the Nehemiahs are rebuilding the walls and Satan has assigned the Sanbalats and the, and the, the Tobiases. Be careful that we don't carry that spirit. No, get to build, building the wall with Nehemiah. The Bible says Nehemiah assigned to each man a portion of the wall and said, let's get building. If a Christian is not building, what are they doing? Because he is the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. Every fight that is unto us that we're going to win, it's not for us, it's for our children. Oh no, come on guys, are you with me? If you win the war on sickness, your children will not fight that battle. If you win the war on poverty, your children will not go through that stuff. If you win the war on depression, your children will not fight that devil. Don't you tell me that you are just, it's all about you. No, it's about our children and our children's children. We will win this battle. We will win this war.
because it is not unto just ourselves come on are you there man I'm passionate about this stuff because I know that I know that I know that the devil is afraid of steadfastness save me immovable oh no we're gonna practice this stuff immovable you have to understand the Bible says that when Jesus spoke, they asked this question, what is the sound in His voice? Why does He speak of authority? What is the sound that we hear? It sounds like a rushing waters when He speaks. They were dumbfounded in His time. They said, what is the sound that we hear? He sounds like He's the authority. What was the secret of Jesus' life? Prayer. The disciples figured it out very quickly that he goes in the mornings, he prays for three hours, he comes in the evening, he prays again for three hours, and they very soon figured out that every time he comes out of that prayer room, signs, wonders, and miracles follow. So they don't ask him, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. They don't ask him, Lord, teach us how to take out the giants. They don't ask him, Lord, teach us the seven steps to blessing. They don't ask Him, Lord, teach us the 10 steps of highly favor. They don't ask Him, Lord, teach us the 50 steps of how to become a millionaire. They ask Him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And He says this, this is how you should pray. Our Father. The first two words of the way He teaches them. He teaches them, He introduces them to the concept of family immediately. Our Father. Our Father, our Father. Jesus is making a huge statement. He says, our Father. In other words, He's identifying Himself with them. He is saying, if you understand that you're a son, it becomes our Father. Satan, everything the devil does is with the eye in the middle. My business, my home, my money, my comfort, my, 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 sounds like those things in Madagascar. My, what's that movie with the my, 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 mine? What? What? Finding Nemo. <laughs> sounds like finding, I must write a book on that. Finding Nemo Christians. Mine, mine, you know what I'm talking about. Mine, 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 no, no, it's ours. It's us. It's we. That's the language of the kingdom. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Where two or more agree upon anything upon the earth. Why do you think, oh, why do you think the devil loves you in isolation? Because in isolation, you're going nowhere slowly. I, I, listen, we have to get rid of the mind and we have to get into the us. I can promise you being married for 17 years, it's much better the us than the I. Are you there? The language of Satan is I. The language of God is us. Let us make man. Let us create man in our image, in our language, let us. But be careful for the Sanballats. Be careful for the Tobiases. Because they, they are assigned in this hour to draw life out of you. In this hour, we also have seen a spirit of criticism like we've never seen before. Come on, can we go there tonight? 
we've also seen a highly opinionated people everybody believe they are right no just because you have information doesn't mean you have revelation being informed and being appointed is two different things now let me let me go there just for a moment being informed doesn't mean you've been appointed you have to be appointed by God there are many people that are informed about God but they're not appointed by God yeah come on give Jesus some praise I just gave you a revelation there no you have to <laughs> information does not mean revelation just because you can doesn't mean you've been sent yeah come on I see it many times <laughs> people they have information and they think they are sent no it's very dangerous you have to know that you 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 know by a presbytery of people that you've been sent. That's why when you're truly sent, there will be others that back it up. Come on, are you, are you okay? But be careful of the spirit of Sanballat. Be careful of the spirit of Tobias. It's better to wave them goodbye and let them do the whole uh, Madagascar thing all by themselves and finding Nemo and all that stuff. Let them rather go and do that and you go on to the purpose of the Lord. My dad always said this when we, when we started in ministry. He said, Gibbard, you have to learn to have a head as, as hard as flint. Don't care what people say. When God speaks to you, just do it. Be like Nike, just do it. <laughs> it it's worked. And so what I want you to understand is that an open door is how the enemy comes in. A stronghold is how the enemy stays in. Let me say that again. A open door is how the enemy comes in a stronghold is how the enemy stays in are you okay the Bible says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and what I've learned and what I've seen and what I've understand is this is that one of the most powerful tools of weapons that you and I have in this hour is to pray in the Holy Spirit Howbeit, dearly beloved, Jude 1.20, pray in the Holy Spirit. Come on, are you there? Your flesh does not like prayer because it has to die. <laughs> Come on. That's why even James, Peter, and John, the boys slept when Jesus prayed. Come on. Are you, are you are guys okay? And I, I want you to understand the concept of stronghold just here for a moment. I haven't taught this in a long time, but I, I want you to get this tonight. The word stronghold here is, um, in the original rendering, means a fortress, it means a wall, it means a castle, and it means to keep you in. In other words, if you are in a stronghold, or if you have a stronghold, it means that you are going to stay there and everything of life is going to stay out. That's why you need to take the thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Captivity is a declaration of war. Come on, are you guys okay? Let me say that again. To take captive is a declaration of war. Because to, to the word take captive there actually means to put a knife against the throat of an enemy. So when you take a thought captive, it means you put a knife against a suggestion. I can go deeper with that. You have to put the word against the thought. Oh, 
Let me, let me say it like this. We should train our thoughts instead of trusting them. Let me say that again. You have to train your thoughts instead of trusting them. Because the devil doesn't know your thoughts unless he gave them to you. The devil doesn't know what you think unless you say it. Because thoughts, oh, thoughts are spiritual. Say with me, thoughts are spiritual. How do we know? Because the Bible says that Jesus knew the thoughts of the people's hearts, right? That means your thoughts is known in heaven. Oh, that means, have you ever, let me, let me just bring it down that you can understand. Have you ever been of people and you know in your heart this person has said something or this person is thinking something or you know in your heart something is off here? You felt a resistance. Have you ever noticed that? Come on, put up your hand. Okay, hands are going up all, all that. What is that? You have, you have discerned the inner world of that person. You have discerned an atmosphere that's within. They can have a smile on the outside, but you have discerned the devil on the inside. Come on, are you guys okay? So here is the thing that I want to ask you. If God lays bare all your thoughts for all to see, of what will you be ashamed of? Because the Bible says all of your thoughts is known in heaven. The reason why God often does not ask, answer people's prayer is because they think contrary to what they petition. They ask Him help, but they think you can't help. They ask Him heal, but they think we don't need your help, we will trust in pharmacoia. And often the thoughts disqualify the words. Come on, are you guys okay? Trust in the Lord with all of your That's right. That means there cannot be a double way. It's everything or nothing. It's God or not God. Come on, are you there? Just give Jesus 10 seconds of praise. Come on, come on. 10 seconds of praise. Just do it like you mean it. So your thoughts is known in, in heaven and the devil doesn't know your thoughts unless he gave them to you. And the devil doesn't know where you're going unless you tell him. You say, oh, I don't know. Well, the devil is definitely not omnipresent. That makes him strategic. <laughs> Come on, God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. The devil is not, he's strategic. Why do you think his whole kingdom is strategic? It's all kingdom, principality, powers, rulers of the darkness, wicked of high places, strategic. Why? He can't be everywhere at all at once. So he has to place his army strategically so that he can control the, the affairs of the world. Are you there? But there's, there's an atmosphere that you can give off that will give, get his attention. It is the atmosphere of fear. He's attracted to fear. Because it is the atmosphere of hell. It energizes hell. Fear. Come on, just, are you guys okay? So you have to know this. Let me say it like this. I want to save me breaking down. Strongholds is my right in Christ Jesus. 
Now listen. The enemy is finite, so he can only attack and then leave you. He is not everywhere. Right? Let me prove to you. Have you ever noticed that when the attacks come in your life, they are seasonal? Come on, guys. Are you, are you okay? Are you saved? When he attacks, he attacks in seasons. He attacks in patterns. Why does he do that? Because he's just proven to you that he's finite. He just proved to you he can't be everywhere at once. So he come and tests you and attacks you in seasons. And here's the bottom line. If you're still getting attacked the same way that you were doing last year, that means you have not grown. Because why will you challenge somebody if they have outgrown that at size of attack? Are you with me? Yeah, come on. Are you getting revelation tonight? You have to outgrow the attack. You say, Pastor, help us. Let me help you tonight. It's very simple. Twelve men throwing water out, Jesus sleeping. It sounds like a contradiction. Unless he wasn't moved by the storm. Unless he knew he was the master of it. And stronger than it. And while the disciples were trying to get water out, Jesus speaks to the Spirit. And he doesn't even address the winds of the waves. The Bible says he addresses the wind. He says, be still. And the Bible says the water dies down. In the, Greek, in the Greek language, I love the Greek. It's such a, a beautiful language. In the Greek, it's the Greek word lalapsi. It means he was addressing the spirit that was throwing the water against the boat. So Jesus addresses the spirit. He says, peace. In actual fact, the original language is so powerful. It's not even something said. It's an action. Jesus didn't speak that night on that boat in the, uh, I think it's Mark 4. Jesus didn't speak on that boat. He just did something. He got up and he did this. It's all about power. Spiritual realm reacts to his. Why don't you love the Bible? Man, we need a revival of the Bible, I tell you. We need more, more Christians that can cast our devils by the power of God than what we're impressed by how big the devil is. And go, let, me, let me move on. We're going to lay hands tonight. Um, I in, in, Listen to the stronghold. Let me just, I just want to leave this one or two thoughts with you. In Corinth, listen carefully, in Corinth, there was a stronghold on top of the hill and inside there were people who made the calls for the people in the valley. In other words, a few people on top kept the people in the valley imprisoned. Okay, now I can liken that to something. I want you to understand this. The Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. So in Corinth we see that there was a group of people that located themselves on top of the hill. And as they were on top of the hill, what, what happened was they were calling the shots for the people in the valley. And because the people in the valley couldn't see for themselves, they believed what was going on on top. Right? Now listen to me. A Christian's value of their lives, the quality of their lives, is equal to the thoughts that they have here. 
In actual fact, the whole valley will respond to the thoughts. That's why the enemy attacks the mind. Because he knows once he has captured the mind, he's going to capture you. Are you there? That's why you have to renew the mind. That's why you have to understand you have received the mind of Christ. You have to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? You have to get into the Bible. You have to renew your mind by the Word of the Lord and by praying in the Holy Spirit. Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, what happens is that your faith gets edified. And the more faith you have, the more resisting power you've got. God gave me a list. I'll give it to you. The reason why Ephesus was like the Corinthian church was so heavily abuked by Paul was because of this. Instead of the belt of truth, they were fighting with manipulation. Instead of the breastplate of righteousness, they fought with the image of success. This is the Corinthian church. Instead of the shoes of peace, they fought with, the, with smooth words and flattery. Instead of the shield of faith, they thought they fought with the power of perception. Instead of the helmet of salvation, they fought with lording over authority. Instead of the sword of the Spirit, they fought with the human schemes and programs. We cannot go against a devil that is a real spirit. And we cannot go against him with carnal weapons. We have to go against him with the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty in God. Explosive in God. Powerful in God. The word mighty there is the word explosive. Are you there? We have to become explosive people. I'll end of this and then I want to lay hands. How do, you, how do you break free? How do you break free and you get into the place that God has called you? It is simple. You have to understand this tonight. I want you to get this revelation tonight. You, as I said, you should train your thoughts instead of trusting them. But how do you, how do you, how do you escape what is going on in the, uh, on, on top? How do you escape these things? The answer is you have to get elevation. Because the higher you go, the more pers perspective you're going to get. That's why you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Because if you go high, you get perspective. Right? Come on, guys. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? If you, the, the elevation gives you clarity of sight. Oh, am I preaching to the right people here tonight? And so, you and I, we have a choice. Again, I say, I feel the Holy Spirit on this when I said this, say this. When you walk in the flesh, do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of the flesh is things like manipulation, things like false images of success, things like smooth or flattery words, things like perception of power, things like the lording of authority, things like human schemes and programs. These are things that are not of the kingdom. They are of the flesh. Come on, are you there? But we that trust in the Lord, our God, has to fight with the weapons He gave us. And let me, let me give you a thought here. The, the breastplate of righteousness that He gave you is such a beautiful thing that in, the, in New Testament time, 
what the soldiers did, that breastplate was made out of silver and had bronze upon it. It was the most beautiful things, the breastplate of, of righteousness. And what the soldiers would have done, they would have walked with that breastplate of righteousness. And when an army would come against them, they would turn their chests towards the sunshine. It's true. They would, oh, it's a beautiful picture. They would turn their chest towards the sun. And the sun would hit their, their breastplates. And the light that came out of their breastplates or reflected from their breastplates blinded the enemy that was coming. Oh, what does it mean for you and I? If you rest in the righteousness of Jesus, because what is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. How can you be in right standing with God? You can only be in right standing with God through Jesus. Come on, are you there? Be careful of, of Christians in this hour that has 500 visions and 400 dreams and 700 this. No, look for the fruit upon the tree. Humility, patience, long-suffering, kindness, You know, the other day I spoke, I didn't speak, but I heard about a, a, a person again. I won't now name the person here. We're getting recorded, all these things. But, you know, I feel unspiritual with all this revelation. You know, 10 visions and 50 dreams. I was like, dear God, you know, am I saved? Because in 17 years of serving God, He's given me five dreams and all of them were di directional. I'm not saying that you shouldn't dream. Of course you dream. It's an end time language. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit and my sons and my daughters will prophesy, they will see visions and they will dream again. Right? So dreaming, and, I, and we, by the way, we have books on that stuff. So please learn your dreams. Don't be uneducated in your dreams. Understand what God says. But if you see God in, like for example, you know, they were taking symbolism saying, I saw God here and God there. I was like, listen, I think you're confused. <laughs> because where's the fruit? <laughs> Can I just say it like, let me say it like this. Have you ever seen an apple tree trying to convince everybody he's an apple tree? I'm an apple tree. We know. I'm an apple tree. I have a revelation, I'm an apple tree. Okay, awesome. Where's the apples? I don't have any, but I'm an apple tree. No, you are the fruit you bear. An apple tree doesn't need to tell you it's an apple tree. An apple tree just needs to have apples. You by, you by yourself will come and like, oh, an apple tree. Are you there? Let's quickly go to a scripture. Uh, I have you on that one. Can we go to a scripture? Let me end with this. Are you ready to have, are you ready to receive from God?